Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and also available at Podcast One, a great home for Minnesota podcasts. Brought you away in part by Cragen's, the home to the CRMC Classic in 2022, and by uh, Mills Auto, hometown dealer since 1922. Chris Foley with me, uh, fresh and refreshed from his trip to Augusta. I tell you... <laughs> I don't know if there's a more beautiful place in the world, even on television, Chris. It was extraordinary. Well, uh, it's just it's a little heaven on earth there. It's it's such an amazing, amazing place, amazing tournament, and just the uh, it, it's pretty magical, you know. There, it, uh, um, you even get that feel on TV, and, and it's a place where uh, everybody who's there really wants to be there. Uh, the players, the the patrons, the the golf industry in general, and uh, it's it's an incredible week for the world of golf. As the technology gets better and the camera work gets better, the the vistas get better. They had the drones a lot of times on on some of the more famous holes where they just kind of pan up gradually, and you just think, wow, the place is just extraordinary. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing and. Uh, you know, it, it's almost, it almost, when you're there, it almost looks fake. I mean, everything is just so perfect and there's nothing out of place. Um, and just the green, green and the flowers weren't quite as vibrant this year because of they, they had gotten some frost uh, and some heat, you know, kind of early. So they, they weren't perfectly timed, but the, you know, the flowers are just amazing and uh, everything else around, around Augusta National. Any takeaways maybe that the people uh, we don't see on TV, Chris, that uh, you can still see uh, standing on the grounds? Well, it, it, you know, it's, it, I think we talked about it in last week's show, but the, the one thing that's amazing to me is the is the what happens in the golf industry the, the week of the Masters. And, you know, all the golf organizations from all over the world are there and the manufacturers and golf professionals and just everybody around the business of golf. Uh, it's really, if you, if you take out the PGA show, it's, it's the biggest industry gathering of the year. And uh, I'm just amazed as I, as I kind of walk around and observe things, how many, you know, just people in the world of golf you see and how much business is being conducted and how much how many things um that affect not only tournament golf but just the the governance of golf and uh equipment and um you know just player relations and it, it, it it's a it's an amazing thing to kind of be a mouse in the corner to witness yeah yeah did you how how many days were you there you know, I, I was there for the week. I, I didn't get to attend the tournament as much as I typically do with um, with the bad weather on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and then just um, uh, the clients we had flying in and out. With the, there, there were so many, um, our clients fly in, in private and uh, there's such a, there's a higher concentration of private aircraft in Augusta uh, the week of the Masters than anywhere else in the world. And they actually closed one of the runways at the Augusta Airport to park private private aircraft. With well, a combination of that and so many planes coming in and out, they, they kind of they ended up closing the airspace and they really didn't um, 
you could only get a certain number of planes in and out, even if it, even if those planes kind of paid for uh, what they call VIP status, where they're supposed to be able to get in and out and share a parking spot, that type of thing. But uh, so they diverted a lot of air traffic to Columbia, South Carolina, which is an hour and a half away. Uh, Aiken, South Carolina, which you could only land smaller private aircraft and a couple other airports. So I ended up doing a lot of uh, a lot of running to get clients elsewhere other than uh, Augusta Regional Airport. So that, that impacted some of my uh, time at the tournament, but uh, still got to see enough where I uh, got a good flavor for the event and got to watch some players and got to watch Tiger play a few holes. And, nice. Uh, so... Yeah, Tiger's got to park his plane somewhere, Chris. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I think think they gave Tiger access. I bet. Uh, He he, he probably didn't keep his plane there. They they probably flew flew back to Jupiter and left left his plane there. Sure, yeah, probably. Did did you at least get get one of your famous sandwiches there that are so reasonable and good? I, I did I did try a few sandwiches or partake in that. And, uh, <laughs> always a treat there. I, a l- little Tiger story and inside Tiger uh, rents a house at uh, Westlake Country Club is in where, where we uh, uh, a number of our clients stay. And um, one of the things I did all week was take our we have a chef at the the host house to to cook for all our guests and. I'd take the chef to the the host house every morning about four four a.m. and uh, you knew where Tiger was staying because it was one of the few houses that had uh, security in front of it. Sure. And um, I'll tell you, four a.m. Uh, everybody in the house was was up and at them. And if if I drove by it four back out of there at four twenty or four thirty, everybody was gone and Tiger was already. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure working out or with his physio or already on the, his way to the golf course. So it, it's amazing what he, uh, you know, what he goes through just to to get prepped uh, for a day of golf. Uh, and, you know, amazing the time he puts in and, and uh, you know, in his physical condition that what what he has to what he has to do to be able to be able to play 18 holes of golf and practice a little bit yeah it is extraordinary i mean he, he and he was he's very open about everything now talking about how uh i go out here for uh six hours to five hours and and break it down and then i go back in and they put me back together <laughs> yeah. his, his whole team I, of uh, physical therapists and whatever the case might be I, I was with a top orthopedic surgeon um, the the other day, and we we were talking about Tiger, and and I asked him if he, if he was, you know, what his thoughts were on Tiger playing, and if if he was as amazed as as the rest of us are that he was able to, you know, one play already, uh, and secondly walk seventy two two holes at, at one of the hardest walking golf courses, and on tour and um, the sort of peak surgeon said to me he's he's a one typically the injury tiger had they would uh, they would have to amputate the leg because his, his his ankle was shattered uh, his you know his shin was was shattered uh, just to be able to that he's walking is extraordinary but that he's you know that he's able to compete is just phenomenal it's you know 
just proves again tiger's kind of a freak in nature yeah it's quite uh, it's quite amazing the, the, the parallels you're a golf historian so the parallels with hogan although hogan was younger when he had his uh, vehicle crash are really extraordinary as far as how uh, almost near death both of them were yeah yeah both were you know you know pretty miracle that, that either one of them survived the the car crashes they were in and then to to be able to to heal and, and compete is a pretty amazing task and strategy wise i think it's going to be very similar tiger's probably going to compete in majors and tournaments that he feels like he can win but not nearly the play that he did before which is really what hogan aimed for too he shot for the majors especially after he was hurt yeah, I, I was listening to a broadcast the other day, and um, you know they, they were talking. It'll it'll be if Tiger plays six to eight six to eight events a year, that would be what they felt would would be max. And you know you, you take the four majors and and uh, you know a couple other events, and that that would be kind of where Tiger will be at. I think yeah. as we move yeah. forward. All right. We'll be uh, back with a special guest, Jack Warrow, Director of Golf at Craigans, with updates from uh, the CRMC Classic, which is coming to our area, which is going to be fantastic. And, of course, all the renovations and the layman course updates, uh, that with Jack Warrow, coming up after this on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us at uh, Podcast One. That thanks in part to our sponsor, Ernie's on Gull, ready for the 2022 season. Very special guest. I have Chris Foley with me, of course. And, uh, Chris, I'll let you handle the introduction as we get going in another year. Yeah, I want to welcome to the show Jack Worrell, the director of golf at Craigan's Legacy Courses. And, gosh, Jack, it, uh, we're uh, at that time of the year again where we're getting open up, which is very exciting. A lot of exciting things happening uh, at the Legacy. So welcome to the show, Jack. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's an exciting year for the legacy for sure. I'm I'm staring at snow outside my window right now, so I'm not overly excited just a second. But I know in uh, <laughs> in seven seven days or more we'll we'll be there. So what uh, you know, it, we're, we're taping on Friday there. Excuse me, Thursday the fourteenth, and uh, kind of give us a timeline of when you think think the legacy might open, Jack. You know, we're we're shooting for the twenty second right now, Friday. Um, you know, the the forecast for the next seven days does not look great, uh, so we're we're a little bit hesitant. But um, I'd say worst case scenario would be Friday the 29th for our opening date. So we're trying to do something in between those two dates, is my guess. I don't want to uh, give Matt, our superintendent, uh, any anxiety here, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll say we're we're shooting for it. You know, that's kind of our our motivation right now. So. We're not building snowmen that often on Easter Sunday, are we, guys? <laughs> no, no. There's, I mean, there's people out ice fishing still too. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of amazing how uh, you know you go down to the cities right now, and they're they're, I would say, a week ahead of us, maybe even two, uh, in terms of having pins in a little bit of green grass. And so we're we're uh, we're not quite there, but as you know, up here it, it moves fast, it moves quickly when we are ready. So yeah, it's. Uh it's not not we're all anxious to get out there but if you look historically it's really not too that unusual that we're 
kind of where, where we're sitting right now. It's uh, we just haven't had much warm weather to speak of. So well, no, Jack, and, we, you know, cold it. nights too. Cold nights. Yeah, that that doesn't help. Uh, Jack, we got. To, gosh, there's a lot of things happening this summer at the Legacy, and uh, and starting off with you know the continued. Uh, building of the new golf course and and, and it's some major renovations. So uh, give us an update on all that. Yeah, obviously, you know, last year went really well. It was a probably a I wouldn't say perfect, but really close to perfect season for for uh, restoring or uh, renovating the golf course. There's just very very little rain, uh, lots of sunny days, and they were able to get a lot of work done. Uh, this year, they're able to start. We've actually started this week, um, so that's that's a good sign. Uh, they're moving some drought there for a cart path right now, but um, basically they got a lot of work done. They were able to get 25 holes, basically new or renovated, completed. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, extra work on those, you know, not a lot, but a little bit, but 25 are done. 11 are under construction right now, and there's nine existing still left that will start in the future. Um, so it, it, it was an unbelievable amount of progress if you truly think about it, and, you know, basically 200-plus days. Uh, and right now, you know, the, the focus now is kind of making sure <clears throat> we're ready for our CRMC championship and then also uh, the timeline on getting some of these holes open. So uh, this year, the white nine, so this is part of the Dutch 27, the white nine will, is going to open on May 11th this year. So that will have that entire white nine open, which is great. We also have a few of those layman holes open as well that will kind of complete one of our nines. And then as we work our way through the summer and we get to September 1, we're going to have the Layman 18 completely open. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, those holes are, you know, completed right now except for two of them. And they're uh, growing grass, and we've mowed them a few times last fall. So uh, we're starting to see some really great progress on those. I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful piece of property. I can't wait to hit a ball on those holes. I've looked at them for all this time, taking pictures of them. I just can't wait to hit, hit a ball and, and, and bring them to life. So pretty exciting yours will take off we'll get that nice vista when you hit yours jack then i'll hit and it'll be rolling up <laughs> we can see more of the more of the fairway rolling along the ground with my drive so <laughs> but both will be fun right both oh, will be fun <laughs> without a doubt <laughs> but yeah we're uh, we're obviously very excited uh there's a lot of moving parts yet that you know kind of have to come together but this year is a big year where we're able to open a few of these holes and, and get them, you know, the public out playing them. And I just think that's super exciting for the public, our members, our resort guests, to see some results and see some final product. <clears throat> and as we keep going, it's just going to get better and better. So um, it, it's it's exciting, truly. It's 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 amazing what they can do in a short amount of time. And it's once you see that grass growing, it's it's kind of crazy how quickly it goes from dirt to grass and once they start mowing it and striping it and you're like wow this really comes to life quickly so it's my first you know renovation project that i've seen kind of come to life and it's exciting it really is jack last year as we as we opened you know opened some of the new holes and and switched people that you know give people a perspective on the holes that were reopened last year aren't necessarily the exact order of how things are going to go and and some of the like people had lots of questions around the bunkers the tall grass and a lot of that is is just growing correct and the yeah the final the final routings really won't take place until you know year three when everything is in place 
Yeah, truly, you know, obviously it's always difficult to have play and, 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 and still do this full renovation. You're trying to keep everybody kind of still playing golf, enjoying their time here, and, and then obviously trying to complete the renovation, make sure everything matures properly. So, you know, as you kind of said there, the, you know, the long grass around the bunkers, that's there right now. That's part of the growing process. That that area, you know, is obviously getting a lot of water because we're trying to grow grass. Well, of course, that grass is going to grow a little bit taller than we really want it. In the future, that's going to be knocked down. It won't be as difficult as it is right now. Uh, and that will be even this year. You know, that white nine will open this year. So you'll see those changes. Um, in terms of the routing itself, you know, we're trying to do everything as you know as as painless as possible for our guests that are playing. Uh, the layman, you know, right now one of our one of our nines called Course Three, basically, is basically all layman holes, but in a completely different order from what it'll be in the future. So, obviously, that was the easiest route to get you know around for nine holes and back to the clubhouse. This year, we're going to have a little bit of work where <clears throat> you know we're. We're doing stack sod in all the layman bunkers, which is going to be, I think, awesome looking and, and super playable and just kind of unique to Minnesota. But it's something Tom really wanted, and I think it's a great addition. In order to do that, we're going to have to do that, you know, shut down a hole for a day or two, do the stack sod bunkers, and then reopen it. So we actually have a route where it has 10 holes, uh, and we'll have one hole closed, you know, throughout, you know, probably once a week we'll have that hole closed. So we have a little bit of moving parts, but at the same time, I don't think our customers will notice much. Um, but like you said, we do have to have, you know, we have to give the course time to mature. There's areas where, you know, we have a few drainage issues and, you know, obviously we've tackled those now. Um, but we kind of, those are discovered as you start playing and as it rains one day and as, you know, there's just, there's just areas that kind of pop up. The great news is, you know, we have a team that's really going around and, and as soon as we see these problem areas, they're fixing it. And I'll tell you, I, we're not cutting corners at all, which is which is great. And, and obviously there's opportunities to cut corners and we really haven't. We've always kind of gone the extra mile, paid whatever that, you know, fee was to get it done. And we're, we're making sure we're doing this the right way. So uh, I, I commend Craigens for that for sure. And I think it's, I think it's going to lead to a much better product at the end. So. Yeah, it's, it's amazing as, you know, over the winter here, even some of the work they've done and as, you know, when you're driving on the exterior of the Legacy in the winter, you can see through the trees much better and it's, uh, gosh, it's so exciting to see all the thing that, things that have been done and the white bunkers and uh, just the contrast. It's, um, I can't wait to see what, what we've got in store for this summer. Yeah, especially as you, you know, you start comparing it to, you know, the the red nine, for example, which is Bobby's front nine, uh, where it has the old sand in it. You start kind of taking the drone up to take a picture of the, all the new holes, and you see the old ones, and it's kind of like, it's unbelievable, the difference, you know. And uh, as you said, as you're kind of seeing it open now, you just see all these new vistas that you kind of didn't see before, and I'm excited to see how you can kind of, you know, look at the rest of the golf course when you're on one hole and you can see the other hole next to it. So it's... It's just changing quickly, uh, and, it, and it really is beautiful. The piece of property is just so, you know, honestly, it's gorgeous. And all these different views that you're starting to get from opening it up uh, are, are making it even better. So. You're listening to our conversation with Jack Warrow, Director of Golf at the Legacy Courses at Craigens. We'll be back with more from Jack after this. You're listening to 1380 KLIZ, Lakes, Woods, and Irons.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also at lakeswoodsandirons.com. And find us at Podcast One as well. Thanks in part to our sponsors, Maury's Seafood Markets in Baxter and Motley, Minnesota's finest walleye, smoked fish, herring, and seafood, as Paul always says, eat more fish. Also, SCR Northern. These are the guys and gals who answer the phone 24-7, the ones with the old man winter on the trucks. SCR Northern. Now back to our interview with Jack Warrow, Director of Golf at the Legacy Golf Courses at Craigens. I think the anticipation, of course, everybody gets the anticipation for golf in uh, this time of year, and we're getting delayed by a little cold weather, but you you not only have the layman course and the uh, major renovations going on that people are dying to play, you've also got the CRMC coming up, Jack, which I think a lot of golfers are looking forward to, and it's a uh, really unique opportunity for the Brainerd Lakes area. Yeah, the CRMC Championship is another exciting uh, feature of the Legacy Golf Courses this year. Um, I'll tell you that it's it's we went to the um, PGH or sorry the uh, Players Championship to kind of get an idea of how these tournaments work, and it's gotten us even more excited. And, and to have these players that are going to you know eventually, hopefully on the PGA Tour, coming to the Legacy and coming to Minnesota. I think it'll be exciting for the area. Uh, I, I, it's amazing the people that are kind of helping us out and backing us up. Our sponsors and our partners are, are definitely very into it, very excited. Um, we're definitely, we're just seeing a good buzz in the community. And, and obviously we're a little bit unsure about that in the beginning, but uh, now that I've kind of talked to a lot of people, we're, we're starting to see it. So it's great. It's it's super exciting time. Jack, if, if people aren't familiar with the McKinsey Tour, give us a little background on that and how it fits in with the PGA Tour. Yeah, obviously, this is a stepping stone to getting to the PGA Tour. Um, and it truly is, what, what they're trying to do is, is mold these players so that they're ready when they get to the PGA Tour, Canada, or sorry, the PGA Tour. So um, they, they obviously are trying to qualify for the PGA Tour Canada first. Obviously, based on their play, they're going to move to the Corn Ferry Tour. And from there, they can move to the PGA Tour. Um, you know, a prime example of someone, there's two of them that I know for sure, uh, Tony Finau and Court Connors are two that came from PGA Tour Canada. They're now winners, obviously, on the PGA Tour. So it's very uh, doable. You know, it's, it's obviously a difficult road. But literally, they do everything the exact same as what they would do on the PGA Tour to the extent of what time they tee off, how the practice rounds work, how the pro-ams work. They're trying to mold these players so that when they get to the PGA Tour, they're ready, and they're ready to compete, and they're ready to win. So uh, this road starts with us, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I, I think people will be amazed at, at the level of play, and it's it, it's just a small step below the PGA Tour. It's not like there's a there's a huge difference. And um, I would say the, the majority of players that are playing the McKinsey Tour are are probably ranked in, inside the the top 1,000 in the world. Which, when you consider all the all the different t- between the PGA Tour and the European Tour and the Asian Tour, that's uh, there's a lot of great players out there, and uh, we're going to have a lot of those right in our right in our back door here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, as you get into that level, um, <laughs> it's, there's a minimal difference between the top and the bottom, you know. So, I, you know. Obviously, there is a difference, and that's kind of why they're they're working their way towards that. Um, but like I said, everything they do, they're trying to 
um, trying to get them ready and, and make sure that when they do get there, they are ready. We've actually, today, they're announcing, uh, they're, they're doing a, it's called the Fortinet Cup. Fortinet is obviously a company that's sponsoring this cup, but again, just like the FedEx Cup, same, same concept. Um, they're super excited to do this, but it's another thing that'll get them ready for this. So it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's just every day is a new announcement. Every day is something they're trying to, to, to build this tour, and, and we're a big part of it. So we're excited, and we're actually the first one in the United States. So that makes it even more, a little bit more exciting. We, I think that's actually helped create more buzz. Um, some of these players are excited to get to the U.S. to play. They have a little bit more connection to the U.S. where they'll have family and people traveling here to kind of, kind of be a part of it. And we're also getting a lot of people that want to qualify to be in the event from obviously Minnesota from the Midwest. So that's pretty exciting. Jack, you know, so obviously there, there's the opportunity to watch all these great players, but how about uh, other opportunities for people in the area as far as volunteering and all the, all the things that go into uh, hosting an event like this? Yeah, obviously it takes a big team and a big uh, effort from the community to, to, to pull this off. Um, we are certainly looking for volunteers. We're going to need 200 plus volunteers uh, to help with a lot of different avenues. You know, scoring, hospitality, player experience, golf maintenance. Uh, these are all just. I mean, there's a basically a long list of of help that we need. The easiest place to do that is at the CRMC Championship website. Uh, it, there's a link right on there to sign up. I think we have about 87 signed up right now, so we're we're well on our way. But we need more help. Um, we also need help with caddies, and uh, we're going to need 80 caddies a day. So that sounds like quite a bit. Uh, you know, obviously different skill levels. We're we're open to you know basically anybody that can help us out. You know, the toughest part is you got to carry a 50-pound bag. That's probably the hardest part. Um, but the players, you know, they're truly not looking for expertise, but they're looking for more. You know, someone that can carry the bag and help them around the golf course. Um, so that, that sign-up is also at the CRMC Championship website. We also need help with, you know, one of our player experiences is we're going to take them out fishing. And uh, we need someone, basically a person, to kind of man a boat, take two players out fishing for two hours on a Monday. Uh, I think that sounds like fun to me. It's something I would love to do with a player for sure, some players from the PGA Tour Canada. But we need some help with that as well. And then um, we're also looking for player hosts. So we love, uh, you know, someone, we're trying to give them a really Brainerd experience. So maybe someone with a lake home in a guest cabin or, or a home in this area that can that just can host some players. It really helps these players out. Yeah, obviously they're trying to make the tour, but at the same time, you know, how there's a big financial risk for them and anything they can save by, you know, a little bit of lodging for the week that really helps them and that, that increases their experience. So we're trying to do that for them as well. Uh, if you have any questions, please give us a call. Uh, we'd love to, to kind of work you through it and see if there's a way you could help us for sure. Boy, just about anything you can imagine we're going to need assistance with. Like I'm sure when you were at the Players' Championship, you're, you're just thinking, oh, man, it's probably a million things you don't think of. And and then uh, yep. and over time, of course, now we've had a few years to get it going, and sounds like uh, things are really falling together, Jack. Yeah, obviously the first year, you know, you're, you're learning as you go a little bit. Um, but the tour has been very helpful in terms of giving us information. You know, attending that player, obviously it's the Players' Championship's a little different than the CRMC Championship. But it, it's the same concept, and you start to kind of notice things. Hey, we got to think about this. we got to think about this. Um, the first year is tough. I think the, the second year will be a little bit easier for sure. 
Uh, but we have a really good team in place. Uh, we're making some great decisions, and it's really it is coming along really nicely. We're 130 days away here. I have a little timer in my office telling me that. Um, so I'm I'm excited, but at the same time we gotta we gotta keep making progress, and uh, to get the volunteers signed up would be a, a big one, a big part of that. So. Awesome, Jack. Well, I, uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, talking about the updates to the legacy and sharing information about the CRMC. And I'm sure we'll 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 get some frequent updates for you as the season moves on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, we're obviously have a lot to share, and uh, we're excited to see how the season comes. So please come out and enjoy the legacy and enjoy the CRMC championship this year for sure. Jack, great to have you on. Thank you very much. That is uh, Jack Warrow, Director of Golf at Craigens, with so much uh, news uh, coming from that uh, direction. We just can't wait for the season. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also, find us at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com and and Podcast One, where you can always find our podcast. Thanks in part to our sponsor, Emily Green's home to the largest screen in the world, and also uh, Maury's on 371 North in Brainerd. Chris, um, terrific segment with Jack there. You're going to be right in the the, uh, belly of the beast there, as they say, as the course grows around you, fills in this year, and then the CRMC coming, there's going to be an incredible amount of energy at uh, Craigens this summer, I think. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Every everything that's going on, and uh, yeah, I, I love watching the the, the construction and uh, how things are being transformed. And um, you know, we're going to have Tom Lehman on uh, hopefully in the next month or so here to talk about all those changes. But uh, the amount of time he spends here is, is really impressive and getting to see his vision come to life is, is really cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really a fun year and, uh, everything kicks off of course, really with the masters and then off to the, uh, heritage, one of your favorite tournaments, which is this week. Yeah. Heritage this week, kind of a, quite a contrast, uh, you know, after masters week, which is so high pressure uh, the vibe on Hilton Head Island is, is just great, and it's a much more relaxing week for the players. So, But uh, quite an extraordinary Masters, as always. Boy, we got to mention uh, Scotty Scheffler, who was uh, in charge uh, through the weekend, really. Uh, Cam Smith got with him or close within a shot at a couple of different times, but, boy, Scheffler, uh, I was reading an article uh, yesterday morning, I think, about it, and uh, the description the writer had was that uh, uh, how, how Scheffler wants the ball, you know, compared to other sports. Uh, he, wa- he he wants the yeah. moment, and when he gets it, he uh, he uh, knows what to do with it. There was a couple of magic moments on 18 or not on uh, on the 18 holes on Sunday, a few different times when he looked like he might get threatened, and he just was all business. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, so, some of the some of the clutch putts he made were. Uh, were phenomenal and uh uh you know that that chip shot he hit on 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 number three was um you know where he hit this little bump and run in there and he, and he hit it to about six feet or whatever and makes the putt and uh, you could just see his confidence rise uh after after he made you know after after the third hole and uh it's just amazing that every year how the 12th hole is such a pivotal hole 
in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he hits a, a, just a nice conservative shot in there in the middle of the green. And, and you know, Cam Smith hits it, steps up and, and, and knocks it in the water. And it's just, it's, you could just see the wind taken out of his sails. And really, I mean, even, even though Scheffler had, I think, a four shot lead at that point, he, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen those last, those last nine holes, and that was really the that was the turning point of the tournament. Even though Rory was on such a, a run, yeah. If uh, if Scheffler had uh, really taken his foot off the gas at all, Rory's round might have might have made him uh, might have made him turn his head a few times because Rory sixty four was. I loved it that Rory said it was the happiest he's ever been on the golf course, which was pretty extraordinary for finishing second, you know. So uh, for a guy with uh, obviously a major champion many times over. Yeah, you know, Rory, I mean, he's even though he won last year, and uh, yeah, he, he's, he's really struggled the last three seasons. And... Um, you know, he for him wanted. You know, he he backdoored it a little bit. It's a lot easier coming from behind than it is maintaining a lead, obviously. But yeah. to shoot sixty four on Sunday, and um, and finish so strong, uh, you know, I, I I think I hopefully that'll do a lot for Rory's confidence and um, you know what he does the rest of the year going forward. Scheffler might fall into that camp now, the next uh, great player. People are already saying that because it doesn't, four out of six wins doesn't happen very often on the PGA Tour. But uh, his, uh, his sturdiness, I guess, and faith were really impressive to me. I loved it that he wore his, uh, his faith on his sleeve after the tournament um, and uh, really made a point of talking about it and how it was uh, so important to his success. Yeah, it was really cool to hear that, and you know, he he really he mentioned several times that you know the golf doesn't define him, and um, you know it's such a good lesson for all of us. You know how much uh, you you can't let your golf score determine your your self esteem, and um, with his, with his faith and with his support system around him, it's very evident that he uh, that he doesn't do that and and. How, how much it, it helped him get through the day and through the tournament. But one bit of advice might be don't change your swing because as you look down the line, so many guys, uh, are they're such perfectionists that they go change their swing. But it's uh, such an indicator, Augusta in particular, it's so hard to win in golf. I mean, you know, Rory gets to four, four or five majors and he's going to get to 15 and DJ is going to get to 10 and Kepka is going to get to 10 and Spieth's going to get to 10 and Thomas is going to get to 10. Well, it's been a while since those guys have been winning any major tournaments other than DJ's Masters last time around, but they're not they're not exactly reeling them off like like the press kind of wants somebody to take that lead, but there's so many great players. There there's a lot of there's a lot of great players there, you know. You, you only get four chances a year to win those majors. Right. And so you, you, you gotta you gotta be peaking at the right time, and you get, there's there's some luck involved too because you, you don't have there's no defense, and uh, you can't control what anybody else around you how they're playing or what they're doing. So um, you know it's it, it's like Phil Mickelson playing you know in the in the Tiger era, 
you, th- you think about how many majors Phil would have won if, if, if Tiger weren't playing and you know kind of the same with er- Ernie Els um, and if you go back how many how many majors would have, would have Tom Watson win if he wasn't playing against uh, Jack Nicklaus at you know during that time period right so yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there's there's a lot of luck, and there's a lot you got to peak at the right time, and um, it's you know it's hard to sustain it over a long, long period of time. Yeah, we, we were I've talked about it before on the show, or we have the I think Phil maybe has 46 wins, and Tiger has like 86 or 82 or something. So you know they've got 125 tournaments where other guys finished second or worse between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot of tournaments out of play, uh, but the overall depth of the field, I think, when you watch now, uh, you know you're being around the game as much as you are. I mean, there's an extraordinary amount of great players. Uh, you know, you could pick probably, as we talked about maybe last week's show, fifth, maybe 15 golfers in the world who could win a win every any week. They they yeah, that's right. They don't really fall off. Uh, Maybe it's probably a higher number than fifteen. Probably closer to twenty-five. I bet. Yeah, I would say from week to week, there are probably twenty-five players that tee it up that week that uh, have a, have a legitimate chance of of winning that week. And uh, you got to have the things fall in place for you well, and and uh, you know you got to you got to have a great putting week. Chris, we got the club swap coming up. We talked a little last week as well, but uh, let's keep that on people's radar. Yeah, we've got uh, you know Sunday, May first. We've got our Golf Apalooza event going on from eleven to two at the Legacy, and uh, we'll have some some golf clinics for kids and their families. And the the, the big part of it is our, our club swap, and uh, people can bring uh, either donate or sell uh, old old junior clubs that they're not using, or um, hopefully we'll have a lot of sets here, and people can come out, and it's a way to. Uh, to, to get some junior kids or some junior clubs for your for your young players and uh, so we're really hoping that uh, we get a lot of people participating and uh, can put some golf clubs in uh, in kids hands and especially kids can't hands who uh, haven't played the game before or right. just being introduced to the game great idea a little golf news yesterday just quickly it uh, was the last day to uh, say whether you were going to play in the U.S. Open or not and both the uh, Tiger and Phil got their entries in under the uh, under the wire, which uh, should get people worked up. I'm sure. Phil always gets Absolutely. people worked up. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so does Tiger. Uh, yes, I mean Tiger. Uh, Tiger, as they say, moves the needle for sure, and it'll be uh, it will be interesting to see when Phil resurfaces. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to go. Hopefully. Uh, I don't think the fans will be as affected as maybe the uh, the PGA Tour and some of the players, perhaps. But uh, I don't know. Just one man's opinion. Of course, I love the guy, but he's created an awful lot of goodwill in golf over over 30 years. Uh, hopefully, that counts for a lot. Yeah, it'll it will be interesting to see. I mean, he's uh, he's buried himself a, a pretty deep hole, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think like you said the 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 public is is much more forgiving than the uh probably the inside world of golf will be and it, it will be uh, it'll be interesting to see what what phil does over the, the next six months or so and kind of how he redeems himself and 
all those uh, all those things. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, have a good week, my friend. You as well, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.